So hi, well the good noise podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with Sergio from Idola. And we're asking him some questions today. I'm gonna start. Uh, so what inspired the creation of the band and what does the band name mean? Um I wasn't actually around when the band started. Okay. Mm-hmm. I uh was around when uh they were relatively new mm-hmm. and we saw them and uh I work for a label called Blue Swan Records with uh Will Swan from Dance Gamma Dance. Oh. And so my band at the time had been to be touring and we played Salt Lake City where they were from. And they were a new band then. They had just formed, they had just put out their first release. Mm-hmm. And we saw them and we're like, Will has to hear this. And then mm-hmm. that's how they got signed to um Blue Swan Records. Oh my god. And yeah, and then that's what and then a couple years into it, I joined. I joined in about 2017. Okay. And Idola, I have to look it up because I've looked it up before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to get it wrong. That's fair. Better <laughs> safe than sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking it up. Going on the band Wikipedia page. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, so it comes from the word Idolon. So uh-huh. instead of ending with an L-A, it's L-O-N. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dictionary has it as an idealized person or thing, mm-hmm. or the second is a specter or a phantom. Mm-hmm. Um, the way Andrew explained it to me when I first met him was that it was a, a concept or, or idea, just how like that, that said an idealized version of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what it means. Okay. That's really uh, sick. Okay. Yeah, Idola. And I I feel like uh, a lot of people get that the the uh, pronunciation wrong. Yeah. yeah. And I have to I I was jokingly making a a a, a, a phonetic pronunciation of it mm-hmm. to post, but I I didn't do it. You should have cuz we've been saying Idola. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, some people say Idola. Um and uh which I don't know. We don't we don't mind. Idola, Idola, potato potato. If I say Idola when we sign off, it's just because my brain broke. Oh, no worries. <laughs> uh, so congratulations on your upcoming album, The Architect. How do you feel the response to that announcement so far? Um, I feel great about it. Uh, we This is the first release we have with um, our partnership with Rise Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Blue Swan and Rise Records partnered up. And this is kind of our guinea pig test run. Okay. And so far things are going really well mm-hmm. and I'm really happy with how things are going. There's, it's been a little bit of a learning curve. Um, part of that was how long we had to wait to get stuff rolling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it's been a, a very positive experience. Hell yeah. How long, how long did you have to sit on this record for? Uh, almost two years. Oh, Jesus. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's pretty it's a bummer but um it would have been uh a little less than a year but then covid hit mm-hmm. yeah. and that threw a wrench in everyone's engine mm-hmm. and so that's what led to this drastic wait time um and so yeah that was a, a bit of a bummer but um i'm just happy that it's starting to come out now yeah Hell yeah Finally. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album name or the cover art? Um, the album name is, I think it's off their first record, which it's interesting because 
this is the first record that I'm on mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been a fan. And so as a fan, I know, and as Andrew's friend, who's the, uh, uh, I'm going to say it, the architect, the mastermind behind this whole entire band, mm-hmm. yeah. lyrically, and uh, for the most part, instrumentally as well, mm-hmm. he, um, I've gotten to talk to him about the concepts and, and ideas he tries to explore in the records. Uh, but the architect, I think it's, it, all the records are kind of linked and weaved with uh, a, a, a narrative mm-hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure there's a song off their first record which includes the character the architect um, wow. so it it's it kind of follows are you guys fans of Coheed and Cambria I'm seeing them I haven't listened to them yet though Bro. I will be a oh, fan what? before I see them what? live though yes. well they if you know a little bit about them they have that kind of uh, structure to their band where they're formed around a storyline and multiple mm-hmm. storylines that 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 play into the lyrics and the artwork and um, also Claudio Sanchez, the mastermind behind that band, has a comic book series that. Uh, so I think Andrew took a lot from that kind of idea mm-hmm. um, and brought it to Idola because each record, like I said, as a fan, mm-hmm. I know is linked through this whole storyline, and then I kind of came in. Uh, for this new record with uh, um, with that in mind and and yeah, all right, it's, yeah. Wow. So, what is it like joining the band that you were originally like a fan of? Is that like did uh, you kind of freak a, out when it happened? Like, oh my god, uh, oh my god, I'm in. Uh, I would say it's it's a great feeling. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's different. Um, because the they're they were like my peers. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it'd be different if I had joined a them while they were at like their peak success and they're mm-hmm. this massive band, but I joined them when they, when we were basically at the same level of grinding it out. Okay. Um, but I was, it's, it's a magical feeling to play and share the stage with uh, your good friends that yeah. you were peers with, but now your bandmates with mm-hmm. and, and playing music that they wrote but mm-hmm. that you're a huge fan of. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's a magical feeling playing songs that I originally loved as a fan. And mm-hmm. now I'm the performer of those songs. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, awesome. That's good. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about your writing process for this record? Yeah. So Andrew, like I said, he uh, is kind of the mastermind behind things and so with this record um a lot of the bulk of the instrumentals fell out of his brain and i kind of come in towards the end of the foundation mm-hmm. building of the song uh, so he's kind of the guy that goes all right this it's the song starts like this goes into this part goes into this part comes back to this part then there's the outro mm-hmm. okay. um, he's the guy that that kind of sets that up and then my job is to come in and add my layer and my voice on guitar uh, to what he's already uh, laid down as a foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like that approach because it's still very much Andrew's vision through and through, except for where the rest. So obviously the drummer plays his parts mm-hmm. and he uh, writes his own parts. 
Matt Domer, the other guitar player, who's also the harsh vocal, he screams in the band. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, he writes his parts and and records them, and uh, so everybody kind of has where they come in, mm-hmm. but it, it begins with Andrew planting that seed for the song, oh. um, and then we all kind of come in and, in keeping with that analogy, water it until mm-hmm. it goes into the final product of of the recording that for the record oh, that's great i like that yeah what was it like kind of finding your spot in that entire process considering you're the new you know member of the band um it was kind of strange actually it, it was a little bit strange um because i i'm so used to writing as a group in a mm-hmm. room with everybody i'm so used to really collaborating on on how the song is going to go from the beginning from the inception of the idea of a song i'm used to being there yeah and in this case i wasn't so mm-hmm. i it was strange to kind of uh n- know that that was my place but yeah. then it was comfortable knowing that it's still a respect of andrew's vision to um kind of let him have the rain mm-hmm. for the initial strong song foundation and structure and or song skeleton Mm -hmm. another way i put it and then i come in and and add my layer on top of it but at first it it was kind of tricky because there was moments where i felt like all right we should be in a room together yeah and and write this stuff out and that's tricky because our drummer lives in alaska and wow we have we have our ways to yeah we all live in different places like our drummer lives in alaska i live in las vegas nevada currently and the rest of the band is spread out in the Salt Lake City areas. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we had a few attempts. I actually uh, was on my way to Salt Lake City to write with them mm-hmm. when I uh, got hit with a snowstorm and I had to come back. And there was, oh my and, God. yeah, this was, this was a couple of times where we had attempts to write together, but ultimately Andrew writes with, what we we say in the box which means like with our laptops open mm-hmm. just sitting down he programs a lot of the drums um to get an idea for the initial idea for the song mm-hmm. um so yeah it was it was strange at first but then once we found kind of our rhythm up on how to do it then it everything else passed that was smooth sailing all right oh, that's good yeah um, so how'd the track list come about? Uh, did you guys write the opener to be the opener, closer to be the closer? And then how'd you pick the middle middle songs, the rest of it? Yeah, that so that is all um, Andrew's construction of the record. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think there's also a track in there. Ah, oh, man, I don't know if I should talk about it now. <laughs> Go ahead, there's, do it, do it, do it. There's a really personal track. Uh, I, I remember Andrew... Um, I think, yeah, there was a death in one of the guy's families and uh, he um, wrote this spoken word poem part and uh, brought it to Andrew if he could um, create an instrumental track and he could read what he wrote uh, over it. And so uh, when you said track listing, that's where my mind went because I understand that Andrew already kind of had a vision for how it was all going to be laid out. Mm -hmm. Because when you hear the record, um, it's interesting because 
the way I just mentioned about how the album was written, mm-hmm. I still can kind of, I know I'm a part of it, but I can still listen to it as a huge fan Yeah, because I, it, it's, it's more, uh, yeah. And, and so I listen to it and from a fan standpoint, I can look at it and go, this is, it has a way it flows. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and that, towards the end of the track listing and how we were putting that together, uh, this one final spoken word part was thrown in right at the right about the, the middle of the record mm-hmm. um, that uh, that completed the track listing. Mm. Okay, I I wish that I could agree with you on the whole like sequencing part, but we weren't even allowed to hear it before this. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. we're getting into it, the album, but we haven't heard it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it'll hopefully make sense to you guys once you guys listen to it mm-hmm. when you guys and when it's like when it's out and it because like i said i yeah I don't, it, it ends in such a way that that you feel oh this is definitely a closer and it yeah. starts in such a way the 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 intro of the record actually what's today the third pretty soon uh we'll have a uh yeah august 3rd it's, it's august 3rd yeah pretty soon we'll have um another another drop and so yeah it uh it'll all make sense as far as the intro goes but the 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 ending of the record you definitely feel oh this is appropriate for the last track all right Mm -hmm. you're getting me super amped for this album yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah i wish i could share it with people i wish it would leak no, <laughs> man do it I, yourself i, I wish it. the label offices would be on fire because no, the no. two months early <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it i've had this record for so long it's yeah. been done for so long that um i've gone through so much in i mean the last two years have been insanely chaotic mm-hmm. and my life has changed in so many ways and that record i've had that record throughout that whole time and so I listened to it and it, and it reminds me of how I felt like a year ago or like a year and a half ago when I was listening to it mm-hmm. and um, it'll feel new and fresh to everybody else. But to me, I've, I've grown with it. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, so I've never had this kind of album release experience before, but we've also haven't had to deal with the pandemic and yeah. the music industry being entirely shut down. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. So even though the album is coming up on two years old for you guys, you don't feel like some sort of disconnect from it? Because I know so, some artists, when they have to sit on something for a long time, they're like, mm-hmm. I don't even feel the music anymore. Um, No, I, man, I, if anything, it's getting me more amped up to play it live. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, if anything, I'm, I'm just, because we haven't played it live before. Mm-hmm. I think it's different when bands go out on the road and get to play that stuff live and tire themselves out from mm-hmm. that music but with this stuff it, it still feels so fresh the one thing i would say is that uh once once the record is out and people hear the lyrics um that uh even even though andrew wrote those lyrics uh i resonated with them pretty hard because he was going through a lot in in, in his life and i was going through a lot and we had very similar trajectories that allowed for these lyrics to resonate with me mm-hmm. and uh i'm super grateful that i'm not in that dark period anymore and so if anything the lyrics and and same with him i think he's he's definitely not where he was when those lyrics were written um and that record i think 
writing and recording that record was a really good healing process. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's usually what artists do when they when they're feeling some sort of inner turmoil. They, they put it out into the record, and it's definitely there. Mm-hmm. Definitely, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what song off this record took the longest to write, and which one is your personal favorite? Um, Counterfeit Shrines actually went through a a couple versions of it. Okay. Um, I actually have an early demo of it, and and a few of them changed a lot, but Counterfeit Shrines sticks out to me because there was a version we liked, mm-hmm. and I think it was in a different tuning. And then I think Andrew put it back into standard um, and he shifted some parts around. Um, I, th- I think it's counterfeit shrines because of what I remember. Uh, because like I said, this year, this was two years ago that for the mo- almost two years that the record's been done. Yeah. And we had a demoing process in around 2018. Wow. Mm. So in 2018, uh, we were in my old garage writing and recording some stuff together and then after that is when the songs kind of took a little bit more uh went through another writing process i would say that that time in my garage was where we created the first drafts Mm -hmm. and then andrew kind of took everything and did like the second drafts and um with my involvement because obviously andrew had this all the ideas for the songs uh, from before Mm -hmm. um so I, I might be counterfeit trines. Um, I would say that my favorite song from the upcoming record, I don't know. It's so hard to choose. Um, it might be the last track of the record mm-hmm. yeah. or it might be uh, a song called perennial philosophy, Okay, um, which it'll, that one hopefully soon as well will make sense to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah it's one of those two either the last track or perennial philosophy all right uh so where was your headspace at while you were writing this album or creating it um i don't know it's so dark (laughs) (laughs) uh nothing insanely nothing like drug related dark or nothing alcohol related drug dark or any anything like that it was just more interpersonal relationships yeah. Uh, that we were struggling with and you know early mid-20s for me Andrew's a little bit older than me but for me it was a lot of mid 20 stuff and I guess quarter life crisis maybe is how you would put it but um, that kind of stuff was mm-hmm. was really going through our heads and um, yeah we were just grappling with a lot mostly home life stuff uh, mm-hmm. we were on the road a lot Andrew plays guitar and dance game and dance mm-hmm. so uh, he was far from home a lot of the time because yeah. if he wasn't doing DGD, he wanted to do idola stuff mm-hmm. and uh and yeah so we just there was a period and then we did a tour together and yeah it was just a lot of uh i would say mid to late 20s uh inner turmoil okay. and um we were just both grappling with it in our own ways uh and yeah we were all dealing with some stuff and I think that's where our mindsets were. Just for me, it was uh, me personally. It was just depression induced by uh, personal relationships. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so when I listen to that record, I can kind of uh, some music that I've been on. I can. It's kind of like a time capsule. I, I remember Will 
Will Swan t- telling me this about records because I it took my old band Stolas about a year to write a record, uh, and he was like, "I like writing records in a month." Like Dance Gavin Dance writes records in like a month, a month and a half. Um, they write just really fast. They don't. Yeah. They don't write. They don't write. They don't write. And they don't write. And then in one or two months, they just bang out an entire record. Mm-hmm. And and I remember Will telling me that it's like a time capsule it's creating a time capsule Mm -hmm. and uh if you span it out over a long period of time then there's a lot going on but Mm -hmm. um i started adopting that that mindset and i kind of like doing that now because now i listen to records i've been on and i go oh i can there's a guitar part that i played that i can totally feel what i was feeling when i recorded it or when Mm -hmm. we were writing it um and so yeah hmm. all right that I is like interesting it. yeah That's cool all right uh, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this record for the first time should they put it on at a party should they uh-huh. turn off the lights and put on some headphones should they work out to it what do you recommend for the first time for the first time man i love listening to records for the first time just um, alone in my room with speakers or mm-hmm. or headphones yeah uh but if you can blast it to a volume that's uh comfortable mm-hmm. it, i recommend that at first okay. and probably with the lights dimmed <laughs> okay so not completely yeah. off not completely off but yeah it definitely make it uh an experience i it's kind of like when you go watch a movie mm-hmm. it, it's best to watch a movie in a completely dark room and theater yeah. and and without people trying to turn on the lights or talking yeah. over it or or having any distractions, looking at your phone, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think records that I think for the first time you listen to a record that you've anticipated or or it's from one of your favorite bands or something like that. Mm-hmm. You should give it a listen the way you would want to watch a movie for the first time. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I've never heard that comparison. That's that's nice. Yeah. It's perfect, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this question should be super super quick off top of your head I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words no more no less Mm. (laughs) oh that's so hard I don't know got you there (laughs) there it is I I don't don't know come on (laughs) cheap 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 god okay progressive post hardcore okay Okay. there you go that's good that's good that's that's my cop out. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I I'm standing too close to the whole thing, so it's hard for me to describe it. Plus, uh, I I rather somebody listen to it and then have them kind of describe it themselves and hear like kind of a buzzword and then maybe that puts them off to it or mm-hmm. or who knows I don't know. Fair enough. Okay. For, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this album to invoke in your listeners? um hope hmm. probably hope i feel like hope. we can all use some of that right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would i would probably say hope good answer yeah uh so what band or artist influence do you think you can hear the most on this record if any <sighs> man if i'm being honest i think it has to do a lot with andrew's participation in dance game and dance so much uh, but you kind of hear um, 
you kind of hear break off of from that from will's kind of style of writing mm-hmm. in dance gavin dance because i think will's style of writing is pretty versatile depending on the situation he's in but you kind of break that off and blend it in with a lot of tool mm-hmm. and you kind of get idola okay okay yeah. since you guys are so closely related to dance gavin dance i assume you get like a lot of comparison to them do you ever get like sick of being compared to that band uh no because it to me at least it's just like for me personally i think well it just means that obviously these guys created a um they're there's in this genre of music they're so recognizable mm-hmm. and they created that for themselves mm-hmm. it just means that i haven't quite achieved that yet but that that's my goal and so the moment the comparisons stop yeah then i'm like cool i probably achieved something i don't i'm not because yeah and it's hard to because i mean i'm friends with will too who's the main songwriter in dgd mm-hmm. and and him and i write together we've played in a band called cmvar and now we play in a band called royal coda and and we've shared a lot of time in, in musical space together so it's um it's tough i think it'd be a lot different if i didn't know him personally mm-hmm. and if i hadn't ever played music with him yeah. to kind of go off but that's always the goal it's we want Rokota to sound different from dance gamma dance we want idola to sound different and uh i think to some extent we achieve that but to like to someone like my dad who is super supportive mm-hmm. uh will say yeah all your bands sound the same yeah everything <laughs> sounds the same but at least he's supportive so yeah exactly. yeah. yeah but it's like he has a classic rock background and obviously oh, you could yeah. tell who acdc is versus led zeppelin or the beatles versus rolling stones that kind of thing okay. yeah um but lately or with uh, at his age with where we are with music it's like yeah he he has seen all my bands play he's listened to all my records and also and it's just like yeah it's just all has a similar vibe so actually I, I would say i would say that the the, the comparisons from people online don't bug me at, okay. if anything at all they they're, they're just proof of like all right well i gotta keep working on crafting my own sound but it's when <laughs> i hear my dad say it that i go man i really really have to craft my own sound mm-hmm. yeah and uh not to necessarily break away from this because obviously will and i are going to continue playing music and uh run the re- record label together but uh if as a cre- from a creative artistic standpoint that's always the goal is to make something that 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 has some originality to it all right interesting take i was curious how much stock you put in like the online comparisons from people uh not too much i i try to stay off (laughs) fair uh, enough off of off of uh yeah i feel like the internet tends to bring out the worst in us and making comments even if it's a band you love or you care about it's Mm -hmm. so easy to make a just a an unnecessary rude uh comment in their comment section too exactly yeah yeah. there's a difference between criticism i love being criticized because i know that it means that there's it's going to carve me out a better person if i take it in honestly and genuinely but most of these 
comments or a lot of comments online aren't genuine constructive criticisms. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're just for they're just straight up uh, unproductive. This is yeah. bad, and I'm not going to tell mm-hmm. you why. <laughs> yeah, it's just their opinion. Yeah, uh, and I, I mean, which everybody is entitled to, but uh, it definitely affects musicians for sure. I think if if you hear a guy or, a, or an artist or some some musician out there go, yeah, I don't look at the comment section, and if I do, it doesn't affect me. It probably means that they had to work on it mm-hmm. because you look at ninety nine comment or hundred comments, and nine of ninety nine of them, ninety eight of them could be positive, and two of them are like really bad negative comments of just straight up, just it un unnecessary. Yeah. And those are the ones you go to bed with. Yeah. I've seen YouTube comments that I've that uh lived rent free in my head for a night <laughs> because I fell asleep thinking, oh man, yeah. <laughs> somebody on you but yeah, you work on it and then you stop caring eventually. But exactly, yeah. Um it's it usually comes by not looking at the, the comment section anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is your favorite memory that you created while making this record? Probably flying from, I flew from London to Vegas, had tw- like not even 24 hours in Vegas, which is where I lived. And then I flew to Portland, just sleep deprived to start tracking immediately. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. That's and, a trek. Uh, yeah. And uh, it was during the winter and uh yeah it was uh there was something about being sleep deprived that that felt really good yeah that's <laughs> fair i get best that best work comes out when you haven't slept in 48 hours yeah yeah, yeah um, it felt it you have this and i don't drink or smoke so you get my delirium comes from uh from not sleeping yeah <laughs> yeah uh so picture this you're on tour you're at a gas station for a rest stop what is your snack of choice uh, Kit Kat and strawberry milk. Oh, <gasps> banger! Yeah. I love that. Is it just the original Kit Kat, or do you have like a specific flavor? Of no, Kit Kat? just the original three piece mm-hmm. uh, Kit Kat bar and, uh, and some strawberry or four piece, whatever, however many they are, and uh, and some strawberry milk, some Nesquik strawberry milk. Okay, perfect. Uh, I love it. That. Used to be called Skookum Fuel because of my nickname uh, for a long time with uh, when I was filling in for a band called Hail the Sun. Uh, they called me Skookum Chuck and their guitar player, Eric. Um, every time I would walk into a gas station, I've done this maybe a hundred times. Oh my God. I was going to say hundreds, but who knows how many times I've stopped at a gas station, probably yeah. hundreds of times, but mm-hmm. not every time, but a lot, especially in my early days of touring, I would go in, I would buy a Kit Kat bar and mm-hmm. some strawberry milk. Yeah. And uh, Eric called it, um, Skookum fuel. So, yeah, oh my that's, God. that's my, that's definitely my thing. All right. That's so wholesome. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. Okay. Uh, so, where do you see the band in the next five years? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't even know if I see my, if I see or, or the human race here in five years. You got a point. Things are, things are so, yeah, climate change, everything. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I'm just kidding. I don't want to be that pessimistic. Um, if, if things if we don't get annihilated mm-hmm. by uh the global heat waves or flooding or natural disasters i think yeah. and everything goes well i think the band will 
have put out something that I'm constantly working to to do, which is an acoustic record. Ooh. I really want to do an acoustic record with Andrew where we reimagine three songs from each of the four records. Okay. And make a a straight up acoustic rendition of every of every one of those songs. So like probably the three most listened to songs from each record. Mm-hmm. Um arrange them in a in a new way but mm-hmm. obviously not vastly different but have it be acoustic and and have a more of a yeah i would i would call it acoustic I, i'd love to, to do a lot of production on it with strings and stuff like that but um i would love to do a record with him like that kind of tie everything together mm-hmm. um, and then yeah maybe another album it's so hard. It's so hard to see ourselves that far into the future because things are so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely what I would hope to be doing. And of course, playing shows, touring, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Of course. All right. Uh, so for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift away from music and go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're <laughs> death on death row, row what death would row. your last meal be with a drink? Uh, oh man, probably a Kit Kat and strawberry milk. <laughs> Going out with a bang, exactly. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, I don't know. I've thought about this too. I thought, I think, uh, I thought I would want to do all you can eat sushi and then just eat myself to death. Yeah. Like eat, just eat so much sushi that I die. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the way to go. And so that way I don't have to be either electrocuted or put up against a wall or oh uh, however whatever execution method is yeah happening right now i read recently that they had to bring back the firing squad yeah because for like they one guy i think yeah they ran out of a uh, lethal injection uh, mm-hmm. liquid or whatever it is yeah um, so they just said all right we'll just shoot the bag. Said, yeah. yeah yeah interesting that's, yeah but uh, yeah <laughs> that's probably what i would eat okay. probably okay. Eat sushi or uh kit kat and that's quick all, all right, right. Do you have a drink, a separate drink for the sushi, or is it still the strawberry milk? Oh, man. No, it's definitely. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I was a little worried. It's a little scared. Imagine. Oh, man. That sounds so, that sounds like it'd be like a, a, a combo that you think doesn't work, but it does, like dipping your french fries in ice cream. Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, a classic, yeah. yeah. but it's making me nauseous just thinking yeah, it does, about it. it. Is gross. You should try it. No. No. <laughs> No, do that. Do that no, on tour I, so that you got to stop at every single gas station. Oh man, yeah. Or yeah, gas station sushi is definitely to be avoided. Um, probably just water, water okay. and sushi. Okay, that's yeah, fair. Maybe a lemonade. Ooh, all right, yeah. All right. Uh, so, if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Um, Legend of Zelda's Breath of the Wild after Link saves everybody from calamity ganon because i don't want to live and get shot by one of those uh ancient creatures that, that shoot beams out of their eyes yeah that kind of suck yeah, yeah. that sounds, that looks every time link dies when i'm playing it and i see mm. that i go damn it looks terrible <laughs> damn i don't want to be him yeah. exactly uh so i have done a vast and last question and every single person you've spoken to has said that it is the most important question what is your favorite color I don't know if I have one. You have so many behind you, though. Yeah. I know. That's why I have them, because I can't pick one. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> All right. 
Um, I would uh, let. I'll, I will say this. I think I my favorite kind of color tone are earth tones. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, which Idola really leans into mm-hmm. uh, whenever we do photo shoots or stuff for music video or or, or, or artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, it's it, it to narrow it down to just one would be like, I don't know. It would. <laughs> it's really hard. I don't think it'd be like asking me what my favorite string on the guitar is. Oh, All right, yeah, fair enough. For Earth Jones is fine. Yeah, we can, yeah, we can we'll work with that. that. Yeah. Um, so as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you'd like to plug? Uh no, I don't think so. I think just uh, September seventeenth, Idola's new record, The Architect, comes out on uh, under a new partnership between Rise Records and Blue Swan Records, and. Um, we hopefully will go on tour if everything with COVID does not continue to get worse. Although things aren't looking good. Not looking great. <laughs> not looking good, but we'll see. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Like I said, it's it's hard to be an optimist these days, but it's mm-hmm. all we have. Or it's up for me, at least it's all I have. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, September 17th, the architect out everywhere. All right. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you for now. This has been Sergio from Idola, and we've been the Good Noise Podcast.